Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Winston Churchill announces the surrender of Germany, May 8, 1945. Broadcast from the House of Commons. Yesterday morning at 2.41 a.m. at General Eisenhower's headquarters, General Yodel, the representative of the German High Command and of Grand Admiral Dennitz, the designated head of the German state, signed the act of unconditional surrender of all German land, sea, and air forces in Europe to the Allied Expeditionary Force and simultaneously to the Soviet High Command. General Bedel Smith, Chief of Staff of the Allied Expeditionary Force, and General Francois Cévez signed the document on behalf of the Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force, and General Suslaparov signed on behalf of the Russian High Command. Today, this agreement will be ratified and confirmed at Berlin, where Air Chief Marshal Tedder, Deputy Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force, and General Delat de Tassigny will sign on behalf of General Eisenhower. General Zukov will sign on behalf of the Soviet High Command. The German representatives will be Field Marshal Keitel, Chief of the High Command, and the Commanders-in-Chief of the German Army, Navy, and Air Forces. Hostilities will end officially at one minute after midnight tonight, Tuesday, May 8th. But in the interests of saving lives, the ceasefire began yesterday to be sounded all along the front, and our dear Channel Islands are also to be freed today. The Germans are still in places resisting the Russian troops, but should they continue to do so after midnight, they will, of course, deprive themselves of the protection of the laws of war, and will be attacked from all quarters by the Allied troops. It is not surprising that on such long fronts, and in the existing disorder of the enemy, the orders of the German High Command should not in every case be obeyed immediately. This does not, in our opinion, with the best military advice at our disposal, constitute any reason for withholding from the nation the facts communicated to us by General Eisenhower of the unconditional surrender already signed at Reims. Nor should it prevent us from celebrating today and tomorrow, Wednesday, as Victory in Europe Days. Today, perhaps, we shall think mostly of ourselves. Tomorrow, we shall pay a particular tribute to our Russian comrades, whose prowess in the field has been one of the grand contributions to the general victory. The German war is therefore at an end. After years of intense preparation, Germany hurled herself on Poland at the beginning of September 1939, and, in pursuance of our guarantee to Poland and in agreement with the French Republic, Great Britain, the British Empire, and Commonwealth of Nations declared war upon this foul aggression. After gallant France had been struck down, we, from this island, and from our united empire, maintained the struggle single-handed for a whole year, until we were joined by the military might of Soviet Russia, and later by the overwhelming power and resources of the United States of America. Finally, almost the whole world was combined against the evildoers, who are now prostrate before us. Our gratitude to our splendid allies goes forth from all our hearts in this island and throughout the British Empire. 
we may allow ourselves a brief period of rejoicing. But let us not forget for a moment the toil and efforts that lie ahead. Japan, with all her treachery and greed, remains unsubdued. The injury she has inflicted on Great Britain, the United States, and other countries, and her detestable cruelties call for justice and retribution. We must now devote all our strength and resources to the completion of our task, both at home and abroad. Advance, Britannia! Long live the cause of freedom! God save the King! That is the message which I have been instructed to deliver to the British nation and Commonwealth. I have only two or three sentences to add. They will convey to the House my deep gratitude to this House of Commons, which has proved itself the strongest foundation for waging war that has ever been seen in the whole of our long history. We have, all of us, made our mistakes, but the strength of the parliamentary institution has been shown to enable it at the same moment to preserve all the title deeds of democracy while waging war in the most stern and protracted form. I wish to give my hearty thanks to men of all parties, to everyone in every part of the House where they sit, for the way in which the liveliness of parliamentary institutions has been maintained under the fire of the enemy, and for the way in which we have been able to persevere, and we could have persevered much longer, if need had been, till all the objectives which we set before us for the procuring of the unlimited and unconditional surrender of the enemy had been achieved. I recollect well at the end of the last war, more than a quarter of a century ago, that the House, when it heard the long list of the surrender terms, the armistice terms, which had been imposed upon the Germans, did not feel inclined for debate or business but desired to offer thanks to Almighty God, to the great power which seems to shape and design the fortunes of nations and the destiny of man. And I therefore beg, sir, with your permission to move, that this house do now attend at the Church of St. Margaret, Westminster, to give humble and reverent thanks to Almighty God for our deliverance from the threat of German domination. This is the identical motion which was moved in former times. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.